Uh, go ahead. All right. You want me to just do a general intro? Go for it. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very... <laughs> I can hate you so much. <laughs> Cold open. Uh, Cold open. There, there you go. There you go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode ever of the Wheel of Time show about the Wheel of Time show. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Adam, and uh, I'm going to be one of your wonderful hosts, and I am not next to, but kind of next to in my heart, uh, Garrett, who is joining us as well. Say hi, Garrett. Hello. Also, next to you on the Zoom screen. Adam, where are you coming from? So I broadcast from fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. What about you? I'm in Valparaiso, Indiana, United States of America. Which is actually where I am from. Mm -hmm. Uh, Garrett and I have known each other for... Way too long. Yep. Uh, he was a little kid in sixth grade who ran up to me and shouted something oh, at me bizarrely. Every time. And then we became best friends after that. So <laughs> uh, we've known each other for quite some time. And uh, Garrett, why don't you talk a little bit about what makes us qualified to talk about the Wheel of Time? I wouldn't say experts, but qualified. Before we do that, let's actually tell everybody what this is. Because uh, I feel like we're coming off a little shock jockey, and I don't want that to be the case. Um, this is the Wheel of Time show about the Wheel of Time show. And just breaking down that title, the Wheel of Time show, parentheses, the TV show, is going to be released on Amazon Prime in November 19th of 2021. We're recording this September 12th of 2021. It's been about a week since the trailer has been released. And as that show airs, this podcast, the Wheel of Time show about the Wheel of Time show, is going to be sort of reacting to the episodes as they release. Uh, because we are going to be the only podcast ever that has thought of this. and There is uh, no other no. Wheel of Time content mm -mm -mm -mm. out there, so don't bother looking. If we're the first show you found, yep. this is it. Yes. The long story short, this show is going to be designed to... Uh, not as a companion piece, but it's going to be just reacting to the actual television show that happens. Hence, the Wheel of Time show about the Wheel of Time show. So, there's that. Uh, Adam, do you think anybody's going to have any questions about that right off the bat? I think it's fairly straightforward. I think you get, you, you've done a great job here setting the proper expectations. We are going to go by and say, here's what we saw, here's what we're thinking uh, based off the content that we're taking in, mm -hmm. and hopefully not get too spoilery. You know, We might have some stuff where we talk about our hopes and dreams of future episodes, but I really do think it's not so much a companion piece as it is just sort of a reaction show where we can all come together and talk. And uh, if you've watched the show and you don't have anyone in your life that watches the show, and I mean, there's a reason I'm talking to Garrett from Valparaiso. <laughs> Indiana right now from 3,000 miles away is because I have no one in the Las Vegas Valley that I know personally who has read these books. Mm -hmm. So it's it's definitely something where it'll be a fun time just to sit down and go over it and maybe a little bit of group therapy if the episodes don't wind up being what we hope they're going to be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I know for certain that my wife is not going to be watching this show until I, I tell her that this is so good that you have got to watch it and it's Game of Thrones 2. Um, that, then I might trigger but with an into. ending already written. Yeah. Oh man. So you, you've guessed it. You've come to the game of Thrones show about the game of Thrones show part two. <laughs> and, uh, we're just going to shit on the last season, the last, I don't know what, 12 seasons of the game of Thrones show. <laughs> 
I actually I watched a video on Instagram that I've seen multiple times, and it's Jon Snow. It's Kit Harrington's reaction while reading the script at the table read mm, for yeah. when he stabs yep. uh, a character that anyone who's watched Game of Thrones knows who he stabbed at the end of the series, and he was very upset. And I was just like, it's really indicative of how people are going to feel about that last season because they're all really upset too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, it, it, this potentially could end up being group therapy. Or it could just devolve into Adam and I yelling about <laughs> how unsatisfied we are with the show because we are to a degree uh, Wheel of Time fanboys. And, um, you know, much what comes with the fanboy territory are people that are like us who are have very strong opinions that we uh, are allowed to have but should not be allowed to say aloud. <laughs> and, uh, and furthermore, it, it could just be... We were going to be talking, let's put it this way, brass tacks, Adam, you and I were going to be like talking probably about an hour about each episode anyway. We're basically recording the conversations yeah. we were going to have yeah. just to see if anyone enjoys listening to them because I think we're funny for the most part. So. Uh, I think it's decent content. <laughs> Let me downgrade that really fast. Sure. I think it's decent content. I, I, I don't think you will shut us off immediately but will you laugh at it maybe you might blow some air through your nose a little bit more forcefully than you would if you were just breathing through your nose so it's like when you're texting you say heh like h-e-h yeah you're not going to do an lol and if you do then that's pretty awesome but we didn't intend for that yeah i know so I'm, I, I'm not an lol person i just don't that's I put it at the end of every single text message i send just so people know i'm not being threatening because I, I come off as like way too aggressive in my text messages. I'm like, what the fuck is your problem, LOL? And that really helps. <laughs> I thought you were trying to come off as a uh, person that is in their late 50s. Uh, because <laughs> I was going for a 14-year-old teenager who's excited to talk to the the person I like. So. Oh, I see. Oh, you know what? You're right. Late 50s, that's an ellipse uh, for everything. So I think this is actually a great time to talk about yep. a little bit of who we are. Uh, you all have our names, but I think it's a good segue to say there's a main reason I think that Garrett and I don't really want to be like a show that critiques Wheel of Time. Um, and for me in particular, uh, I am a content creator part time. Uh, I have another podcast called Scaryish that I have uh, with my uh, wonderful partner named Robin Grace. We cover paranormal and true crime stuff, and we've gone through about 200 episodes. Uh, we do a lot of content and it's one thing to be someone who's a connoisseur of things and a critic of things, but it's another thing to be an actual creator, you know, to sit down and, and bust your ass and do a lot of hard work and create something and know that you're going to put it out there for someone to basically take in and, and decide whether or not they like it, uh, which is essentially what we're doing here as well. But we're not going to sit down and just jump on a call, uh, jump into a show, shit all over the episode about how much we hate everything. We're going to take piece by piece things that we actually liked and enjoyed talk about some of the things like the acting or the cinematography that we think were wonderful. And even if it's a bad episode, you can take good out of bad. There's certain movies that I love to watch. I talked about it last night. I was like, I don't watch Face Off because it's a masterpiece. I watch Face Off because it's like the perfect bad movie for me. So it's it's something where being content creators or, or shapers of content, we kind of have a different perspective. And I think a lot of folks that I've seen uh, of that aforementioned content that doesn't exist basically just going after people when something doesn't look exactly how they thought it was going to look or turn out exactly how they thought it was going to turn out. And I, I think we bring a different perspective because of that. Uh, you did say you're a content creator. I would say that your main artistic endeavor is the scariest show you just said that you and Robin produce. I have no affiliation with that whatsoever, except I, I did help sound design one episode, which was fun. But uh, I, I'm telling this from the bottom of my heart, Adam. I have listened to every episode. He really because, has. Because, yes, you guys are my friends and I'm going to support you. But, two, if it sucked, I would have fallen off. <laughs> fallen. Excuse me. If it sucked, I would have fallen off much 
I guess this is my shout out to Garrett. I will literally toss stuff in there to episodes for Garrett. I'll edit it Monday night. And by the time I wake up Tuesday morning, he has texted me notes or yeah. been like, hey, fucker, thanks for the shout out. Because it's never anything nice. No, it's not. It's not. Hey, there's, thanks, my good friend, Garrett. It's always just like, hey, dude, remember the time I threw an egg at your car and then you drove into it? I'm like, what I'm saying. I threw I, it up in the air, to be fair. And you, you backed up and it landed on your car. Because so. I thought I was going to miss it. That's this is this is the this is the my intentions stories. were pure, which means it was OK. That will hold up in a court of law. I'm pretty sure. No. No, uh, statute of limitations has long since passed on that. Okay, what I was saying is, is that Scariest is a great show. This isn't the Wheel of Time show about the Scariest show, but if you've come here because of that, fantastic, welcome. If you've come here not because of Scariest, then check that out. It's a seriously a wonderful show, and you guys are delightful to listen to because you bicker all of the time, and it's cute. Um, I mean, it is me, and essentially what amounts to the person that I'll be arguing with for the rest <laughs> of my life. So, so and, what uh, I, you should probably talk about the work that you do on another uh, amazing podcast. Let's let's pull back really quick. What I did want to say is that aside from being a content creator, which is just like, we'll just say that's podcasting for today. What else do you do? What, what gives you license to have good taste? Uh, so I don't. I should say first and foremost, I should. Uh, I did study at a uh, place called Purdue University, which is a really nice place. But I did dump a bunch of money into a degree about creative writing. So I learned a lot of stuff that I don't really utilize. Uh, so it's nice to sort of read things from an analytical standpoint uh, and understand some of the way things are prepared. And it's part of the reason I actually decided to get into that major was because I was reading Wheel of Time. And I was just so astonished at how the author, Robert Jordan, who we'll talk about a little bit, uh, just sort of he created worlds through so many words. And I think one of the biggest criticisms people that fell off of Wheel of Time is like, it's just 10 pages about a fucking room. It's like, yeah, but who can do that? Like, that's incredible. So now uh, some of the things that people fell off the series because of it's going to come to it's going to come to life for the first time in a TV show. So instead of reading 10 pages about this beautiful room, we actually get to see it. You know, it's going to be this different experience. So having that perspective, it's, it's kind of nice. Yeah, we those, those 10 pages are going to translate to a pan across the room in three seconds. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be like, that's what he wrote about? Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, yeah, I, I wanted to get it that Adam's a writer. Uh, he and I have discussed film uh, heavily in depth before. Adam, you got great taste, and you know how to tell a story, and I think that's why you and I were uh, fast friends with the Wheel of Time content pulling us together. Um, so I'm Garrett. I'm an audio engineer by trade. I work in TV, film, web, ads, and very much lately podcasting. Um, you might be here because of another show that I helped create called Hello from the Magic Tavern, which is awesome. It is such a good show. It really <laughs> is. Thank you. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, please check it out. And then Adam and I, we have been friends. I, I mathed this out fairly recently. It's been about 25 years. It's you a know, quarter of a century. We quarter are old of a century. as fuck. Right. But we got together... I mean, we were friends prior to this, you know, ditching school and playing Halo 1 on Xbox One. People bringing over <laughs> no, their Xbox, Xbox and their Xbox. TV, and I had this 50, li- <laughs> 50 like, 50-foot uh, link cable to yeah. connect the Xboxes so we could all play. Uh, but you and I you and I definitely were reading this together uh, very early. I know that I was the first one that, like, came to it organically, uh, or, or at least, like, we weren't talking about it, and I was like, I received him for a holiday, and... I was like, I guess I'll check these out. And by the end of the first one, I'm like, this is very cool. Uh, started reading it. 
found out a handful of other people were coming to it, and then I definitely introduced a handful of people of it as well. I don't know. How did you come into it, by the way? So I came into it because I remember you and another person were reading it, uh, mm-hmm. and I was looking for something to read at the time. It was right around the time high school was ending, uh, ah. and then another one of our friends mentioned it as well, and I thought, I actually have book one. My dad started reading it and fell off of it in the early 90s, which, when the series was, which was when the series came out, sure. uh, and it had been on our bookshelf for the longest time, so I finally just stole it from him. I moved out pretty young. I moved out like... Right when I right right when I turned nineteen, and uh, the reason I actually started reading it was because I was like, "All right, I have to go Don't to the laundromat," <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "And I have so much laundry because it was one of those things where I just let every single piece of my clothing get dirty." Yeah. And so I went over and I was just like, "I have to I have to wash all this in one day." So I was at the laundromat for like six hours, and I took like that book and one other one with me, and I told myself if I can get through the prologue for Wheel of Time, I'll just read the whole thing. And I got through the prologue, and I seriously thought, like, what the fuck just happened? Yep. I guess it was kind of cool. Uh, and then I really got into it. I sort of dabbled in it at the end of high school when you and another person were, like, comparing how far along you were. Mm. And you were talking. I distinctly remember being at a party, and you were talking about a character that had just died. And I was like, I have to not commit this to memory because yeah. I don't want to remember. Uh, and I won't say who it was, but I was I just had this feeling, I really need to start reading this. And when we started reading it, I think you started reading it maybe a full year before I did. Uh, but the series wasn't complete. There was still like four or five books left to go. Yeah, I remember. Uh, so it, it definitely had that feeling that I think a lot of people had with Game of Thrones, where is this ever going to get finished? Mm-hmm. And it was something where it did get finished, and I'm super excited to see it come out. Well, we'll we'll get into that in a little bit, but I will say that, yeah, we definitely went off to college, and I remember looking up uh, the release dates for the future books that were coming out and it was a very big this is not like a spoilery thing for anything this is just actual history um, the we were we were looking out what Robert Jordan's release schedule was going to be because everybody who read the books knew that his health was declining and we weren't sure if he was going to make it um, at the very end and turns out that he asked uh, another well-respected fantasy author named Brandon Sanderson to finish his story for him. He gave him all of his notes and he told him how to end it. Uh, I'm very much paraphrasing here from just hearsay. I don't have any like actual, actual yeah, data on this. That's uh, what I know of it too. So. Sure. But anyway, they finished it. Uh, he finished it off. The last book was so involved that it actually turned into three volumes uh, and is not listed as just book 12 or whatever. It's 12, 12 13, and 13, 14. 14. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of information, but uh, yeah, this more or less I want to say is that 20 years ago, this was a very formative time in Adam and Mai's uh, personal lives. And it did actually, uh, so, you know, as I said, I work in TV, film, ads, all of the AV media. I don't do a whole lot of writing, but I did a lot of screenwriting in college and stuff. And so much of it was just influenced by not only like the world that Jordan created, but then also just his style. I remember having read through so many of these books. I just like tuned out every other author's like just writing style. And then when I ended up going to people like George R.R. R. Martin, I was like, oh, I don't like this at all because this guy has very short sentences once in a while. <laughs> he, uh, I, I think it was it was jarring for me as well when I switched to Game of Thrones because it seemed to fast forward things really quickly. I remember yeah. reading a sentence about something that was like to come in the future. And I thought I that'll probably happen in book two, yeah. and then it happened like two chapters later, and I was like, "What the fuck happened in the eight months I didn't get to read about?" I was uh, really upset with Game of Thrones because I was like, "Oh, there, here's a character. We'll have 
seven books of them before they die. What? Next next paragraph? No! Yeah, it's uh, definitely a different vibe than you get with Game of Thrones. Yeah. I don't think HBO would pick up this series because there's not enough brutal murder and mm-hmm. constant sex scenes. Yeah. But it, it, it is incest. good in its own right for a variety of different reasons. It's essentially, it's there's always something happening that you're wanting to see what happens, so you don't really miss any of that shit. I've reread the first three books again for this series to prep, and uh, just rereading them, it really hit me how different of a style Jordan has had. Cause, you know, I haven't read it in like 20 years, like 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, what's a good way to put this? It is very epic in scale. And the way he writes is very appropriate for that. So I'm, I'm really hoping to see how that translates to the small screen, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so transitioning to from who we are and our relationship with the content. Uh, oh, let's just say this too. I have never... A- <laughs> Listen, folks, this is 14 books, and each book is like plus <laughs> 700 pages. The, the, it's, it is a Herculean task to get through these stories. Um, when I was in high school, I barreled through, I think, the first nine, and then the burnout just, you just, you can't continue reading it after a while. Um, I, I picked up, I tried picking them up one more time in college and got through some of the audiobooks, you know, doing your laundry and driving in your car and stuff like that. But then I fell off those too because, again, so much. Now I'm an adult and I do things that old adults do, which is give yourself reading time at the end of the night. Um, I've I've actually done the a smart thing that I haven't done either of the other times that I try to get through this is I read one of the Wheel of Times, put it down, put three or four books in between those. So cleanse your palate, get off of it. I, I get into the into the modes, the mood where I'm like, I need to find out what's going back on with, I mean, I know what's happening to Matt and Perrin and Rand, but I want to know that again. I need to get back into having that book in my hand. But I put books in between there so you kind of build up that um, that taste for it. And believe me, then you then you really get to go sailing with that. So this is going to be my full climb with it. I'm, I'm back into book three again, which is... That's when it really starts to pop off, and uh, as you just said, Adam, you're you're you did the first three again in preparation for this, and I'm very excited to see where the show goes. I will say too, like a little a little bit of uh, information regarding the showrunner whose name is Rafe Judkins. We yep. were debating about how much to talk about in this particular episode, but uh, when the trailer did drop, uh, we both watched it. And we thought, you know, we we have our thoughts about it, which we'll talk about in a different episode, but. Uh, one of the things Rafe did mention uh, when people were asking questions about it is, is this just book one? Is season one going to parallel book one? Uh, and he did mention it's going to parallel books one, two, and three. So if you're someone that's like, maybe I should reread it. Or if you're someone that's like, uh, you know, maybe I should pick the books up before the series comes out and see if I can power through it. Again, Herculean feat. Uh, but one, two, and three will be alluded to. So I'm kind of happy that I want to. I told myself I was going to do one and two. I wound up doing three because it's one of my favorites. Uh, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff basically that's crammed into season one to make it as dense as possible. There's a reason that this is one of the one of the top selling, if not the way well, it's not the top selling. There's there's definitely Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter ahead of that. But it's in this front is, of Lord of the Rings to keep in mind. But that as, said, yeah. Lord of the Rings is three books and this is 14 <laughs> that, books. That's what I was going to so. say. This this is the top selling uh, fantasy series. If you want to complete it, you have to buy 14 novels like that's like James Bond films, you know, that, you know, it is, it's going to, there, there's a lot involved in it. And the content is very dense. The character development is through the roof because you have so much time with all these people. Um, so I'm not trying to sell the content any further. Like you'd be the judge. If you're here because you've read it and you're going to watch the show like we did too, 
very cool. Come on board. We'll probably have a Discord where you can um, either laugh or cry. Uh, or, or fucking, Which we expect both to happen, yeah, to be we, honest Yeah, we you. really do expect both. I should issue the first correction of the show also. It's not in front of Lord of the Rings. I meant to say Game of Thrones. Oh. So it is in front of Game of Thrones by a, uh, a significant margin of about 10 million copies. So. Sure. But I'll, I'll, what's funny, too, is that this series has maybe maybe 10 years on Game of Thrones for its like initial release. But also it has... 10 books on Game of Thrones as well. Too. I should also say, too, if you liked Game of Thrones, I mean, I like Game of Thrones. I watched the whole series. I've read all the books. And uh, there's a lot of things that are not just inspired by Wheel of Time that's written about in Game of Thrones because this did come out about 10 years before. But it's almost like direct lifts. We've we've mentioned it when we we're reading Game of Thrones. Like, wow, yeah. like this is almost word for word, a description of or similar to something that happened. Uh, one of my impressions of the one of the cities in the book, which is Tarvalon or Tarvalon or however you're going to say it. We <laughs> we'll should also, also mention that our, our pronunciations we'll to, we'll are to, not yeah. going to match up to the show. <laughs> but uh, that said, uh, like Tarvalon to me is what the King's Landing King's Landing wound up looking like in my mind's eye and in the show of Game of Thrones, almost like identical except for like the, the landscape surrounding it. And instead of being white, it was red, which was just like the red keep, the white tower. Uh, it's just, it's like, you know, copy my homework, but make sure people don't know. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's really what it felt like to me. I mean, speaking of like parallels, like we, you you literally start off with the prologue. It's like, I remember reading Eye of the Storm going, don't know what this is, but this was cool. And then you read A Game of Thrones, which is the first, or Game of Thrones, which is the first novel in the Song of Ice and Fire, which is the Game of Thrones show TV series. You read that and you just go, oh yeah, that's different. But I mean, it's the same thing. It's just like a in media res like drop of something that is an inciting incident, or it's something to like really just get your get you thirsty for more. And then you don't have that for you don't, you don't, you don't taste that again. <laughs> that's the biggest difference I think between Wheel of Time and Game of Thrones. If you're really wondering like, is this Game of Thrones too? Game of Thrones, the very beginning, the prologue. It's like, hey, we're teasing ice zombies. Sounds really fucking cool, huh? Mm-hmm. And then you wait six and a half seasons, and then they show up. Wheel of Time, they tease like, hey, here's some stuff I'm not going to tell you about because I don't want to spoil it for you. And almost immediately within the first book, it becomes relevant and pops back up. And that's what the series is about. You're not going to be waiting for the dragons to grow up in this series. <laughs> like, if you see something that you think is the Wheel of Time dragon, which I don't think there actually is a physical dragon, Wink, wink God damn for it. anyone who's read the books. But it like it becomes relevant immediately. You know, people talk shit about Jordan and how long the writing took to like develop. Like you walk into a room, you wait for 10 pages. But if he talked about something that was going to happen, it happened and it became pertinent immediately. And that's something that I think the best way I can compare this to. If you watch television, if you ever watch the series, which is really old at this point, and I, I'm dating myself here. If you ever watch The Shield on FX, every episode kind of ended with a cliffhanger and Every chapter ends with something that makes you want to read the next chapter, and every book ends with something that makes you want to read the next book. And that's really what the driving force was for me, because I, I have gone through all 14 books, and I think when Garrett fell off, it's because we were waiting for the next book to come out. Uh, yeah, and 100%. you were caught up, and you were just waiting, and I caught up, and then the next book came out. So I got to read the next one and get in front a little bit, and then the new trilogy hit, and I got to read from like a different author taking over, and I just like waited and waited for those ones to come out, so... Uh, it's it's definitely got this thing that makes you want to stay there for it. You know what I mean? It's always hooking you to bring you back in for the content. And I'm, I'm just excited to see how it plays out. Uh, one thing I do want to say about the content, 
what I do love about the Wheel of Time universe is that it is so incredibly, it is very feminist, or it's actually pro-female. Um, I know that in to, to some degree, the 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 strong females that like control a lot of the world are viewed as being uh, witches slash uh, schemers or just um, treated as untrustworthy by people who don't know any of them and mm -hmm. by a lot of people who do know them. But largely, though, it's not about that. That's just one facet of this where like men can kind of be the underdog in it. Or, you know, what you find out is that that it's women just constantly making decisions and then making fun of men for not being able to do that afterwards. But Or fucking things up when they yeah. try and take control. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is why you don't let men do stuff because they, they screw it up and who's got the biggest sword. Um, but, but largely, the so arguably some of the main characters and the best and the strongest and the, and the most interesting are the women. And I think that this kind of shaped a lot of my views of equality much differently having this content in some of our formative years to understand that women are strong and women can do anything it really i think informed how i comport myself in relation to you know and i'm saying this as a as a as a white male uh it informed my relationship with women out in the world is that they are equal they are equal in every way shape or form whatsoever and you should not think otherwise ever what I really loved about reading Wheel of Time and the age we read it is, you know, going through college uh, and you're going through a course of study with creative writing where you're always trying to write new things and learn from a different perspective and and develop characters is that of all the weaknesses I've had in my writing, and it's pretty fucking weak, uh, character development has been fairly good. And I, I credit that a lot to the things that I read. Because when you're reading something like Wheel of Time and you're you're reading about all these different female characters, a lot of the tropes that people fall into, like fridging your female characters and making them damsels in distress and people always in need of saving, not only does that not happen, but it's actively talked about, like, how dumb are people to think I'm not capable of fucking taking care of this on my own? And it's just so great to read something where everyone is empowered but the people who in our world especially reading something that was written in the 90s uh in our world that typically are viewed as not powerful are and you sort of realize as you're reading it like this reminds me of someone i know you know and they wouldn't put up with this shit at all like i could go to them for help and there's so many different instances within the series where it's people realizing oh this person that i thought needed my help didn't need my help at all but i could help them I don't need to go there and act like, oh, you'd be dead without me. Or you would like the, the idea of I do so much for you. It's it's a partnership between these people. And that is essentially what you really, really see in season one, I hope. And in book one, you, you start learning about like this, this counterpart of, you know, female magic user has a warder, you know, and they are not servants to either uh, or to each other. They are partners in it. And it's just like <laughs> it's accidentally forward thinking and progressive when it was just developing a story where you wanted all these characters to be deep and rich, which is something that people like really fall into the pitfalls of when you're writing. And I, I love that about Wheel of Time. It's just strong female characters constantly. And it's not to say there's not strong male characters. There absolutely is. But there's never someone that you're reading. You never get to a chapter where you're like, shit, oh, I can't wait for this chapter to be over, you know? <laughs> it's like everyone has something that you're excited to see them do because you know they're going to do it in a way that you're excited to see.
here's what you can expect with this show. Number one, I don't ever really want to have it run to be like an hour on stuff. Uh, I think that with the power of editing and also the power of just making good choices, we should be having some good conversation and keep it moving, but also wrapped up within a 30 to 40 minute time frame for you every time. That's the goal. If we end up running for two hours because we're dumbasses, then I, I apologize to you in advance. I think also something to expect from the show. We've talked about our background. We probably won't bring it up again in the future. We just want you all to know where we're coming from because when we discuss it, We've talked about this at length. We don't want to have this be a book-to-show comparison. I'm no. not going to go line by line and tell you what should have been in the show, what was left out, unless it's something that meant something to me, you know, a specific scene that I thought was poignant that would have actually helped character growth or something along those lines. But we're not going to do step-by-step. Step. And we've actually already talked about if we wind up getting too heavy into book-to-show comparison, we're probably just going to force ourselves to take a shot or some... <laughs> <laughs> Some form of fun punishment that you can all drink along with. Yeah. Uh, and another thing to expect for us is that if we're talking to you and we're doing the intro, we probably just took a shot as well because we both decided we're going to jump into this. Is like when we actually sit down and get to hang out with each other, we haven't seen each other in so long, let's have a drink. Let's kick back and relax and then really just let our feelings flow on how we think the show is going. Not only that, because I've got nerves and stage fright. Um, and for but- me, I don't have enough opportunities to drink so I just try and work those in anytime I can like when I'm driving I'm kidding please don't drink and drive yeah do not do that um so but yeah in all seriousness like what to expect of the show we'll keep it a, like a general decent length um yeah Adam and I are we're buds and we're and we're also going to be watching this thing together we're we're going to probably knock back one or two not on if drinking's not your thing don't worry about it you don't have to uh we that was kind of the joke with us too is that having a punishment to keep us on track to not uh, just be like, well, the books did this and the show did this. Instead of us being those people with the nerds pushing up your glasses doing that, instead of doing that, we'd have to buy ourselves the time to talk yeah, about it's it. It's like, I'm going to take a shot because I got something to complain about, you know? Oh, man. I brought the bottle to the desk this time. Uh, we are going to have a handful of segments, uh, which is going to be pro- like an episode recap on the bullet point arc of the episode what we liked about it uh and that's that's story that is visually uh i'm a sound designer everybody i absolutely will talk about the score and how that re- excuse me i'm a sound designer mixer and i will talk about how the score how that relates to the actual bringing the mood across to the episode but also shit dudes there is magic there is something called trollocs or trollocs uh in this series there is a lot of cool stuff that somebody is creating from scratch or a team of people are creating from scratch and i am here for it i'm going to talk about it because i love it what you can also expect and adam did hint about this earlier is massively incorrect pronunciations of things because we've read these books 20 years ago and i know that aguin's name and nina eve's names are those because that's what when I read, that's the that's the voice in my head. That's what they say. And Adam Best says, example is the first time I talked to Garrett about this, and I mentioned Aguin. I had read a different series, and there's a character in there with like A-G-E is the beginning of her name, and it's pronounced age, like a very soft G. So I was reading Aguin as Ajwin. Uh. <laughs> and so when I mentioned Don't Garrett, like that like, one. <laughs> Who the fuck is Ajwin? I was like, oh, sorry, uh, a Gweenie or whatever, however you're supposed to say it. Or like when I talked to Robin, 
uh, and she's like, man, when I read Harry Potter, it was Hermione. Yeah. And when I watch the movies, it gets me so mad to hear people say it right. I, like, that's going to be one of the first segments we do. Episode one is like, who the fuck knew you were supposed to say it this way? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I also, for the record, said Hermione the first time that I was reading. Because I was reading those prior to the films, or me at least seeing the films come out. Listen, everybody, Adam says Tar, what do you say? For the city? I say Tarvalon. That's how I read it. I read it as Tarvalon. So, you know, I, I kind of church mine up a little bit there. Uh, I, how do you say Ace Sedai? I say Ace Sedai because oh, no, that's shit. how I read it. <laughs> you, gotta, you can't team me up like that because now I think about it. I think I say Ace Sedai as well. How do you say, um, ooh, we burn through the all the big, big ones. ones. The big one that pissed me off is I've always read it as Ale. A-I-E-L. That's oh, I-E-L. And it's pronounced I-E-L. Yeah. And I'm like, if they say it like that in the show, I'm turning off my TV. <laughs> like, I don't care. I'll tell you this. I'm going to out one of my, our buddies with this one. He, everybody's going to meet this character right away. He thought it was pronounced Thom Marilyn. And I'm like, what do you mean Thom? Because it's a T-H, <laughs> like thumb. And I'm it's like. It's a fantasy series. You toss in extra letters to make it. It's, it's Tom, okay? Yeah. It's just fucking Tom. He might be listening to this right now, too. And if he is, fuck you, man. <laughs> I made a character for a D&D campaign and I put T-I-H-M and someone asked like how do you say that I'm like how do you think it's Tim and it was literally because of Tom yeah. I was just like I just want to mess with it so good uh, okay cool anyway the pronunciations will be bad um, so yeah we will have a couple of segments where we just do stuff and this is the big thing that I want to talk about Adam is in his home studio Garrett is in his home studio Adam's home studio is located near a um like a four-lane highway, and yeah. I have a one-year-old in the room next to my studio, and sometimes we're just going to have some sound that permeates through our walls, and I don't like that. Uh, and this is, you know, anybody who's come here because of Hello from the Magic Tavern, every episode, that's a sound-designed show, meaning that there's an ambience running back there no matter what is going on, and that is used for a couple of things. One, it's to cover up garbage that comes through, and two, it's to immerse the listener in the universe that we've created there. Uh, we are going to also do a little bit over here. And as an example, where are we at, Adam? I like to think that we're in Bran Alvier's tavern right now, sitting, having a mug of ale and talking about this super hot chick that just showed up to the town that we're all like, holy shit. <laughs> we're like, holy shit, I'd take her out to the Beltine Festival. I don't want to get too deep into it. I was reading the cast list and I noticed that they casted the Congers uh, and uh, the Bues. And I'm like, Senbui. why the fuck would you waste your no. time with those people? There's another one. You, you call them the Bues? I call them Bowie. The Bowies? <laughs> that could be it too. It's going to keep happening, folks. God, just that's what you can expect with the Wheel of Time show, but the Wheel of Time show. Uh, release schedule. This show is supposed to drop every Friday on Amazon Prime. I don't know what time that means because that's a streaming service. So I would guess it's going to hit 12... 01 a.m. in the Fridays morning so that you could watch it Thursday night. I'm just basing that off of the Marvel release schedule that just happened on Disney Plus because I was mm. watching WandaVision at 1201. I was watching Loki at 1201 because that's when they would be put up. Well, uh, what about the boys? We're probably not going to watch it at midnight, to be honest. So. Sure, sure, sure. When, yeah, I won't do that. When did the boys release? Do you know? Was it like a time of day? Ooh, that's a good question. I think they released full seasons, actually. Oh, but yeah. I haven't watched I haven't watched the boys in a while, so I can't remember. Okay, no worries. Uh, okay, so either way, what you can expect from us is the show's supposed to drop. Let's just say it's Friday the 19th uh, at 12.01. We are going to be having our show in your earbuds sometime 
Wow, I'm over. I, I should overpromise actually, right there. You will have it Sunday night into Monday morning. That is a Wheel of Time show about the Wheel of Time show guarantee. Um, no, that, that's not a guarantee. Like we're going to be releasing pretty pretty quickly behind it. Adam and I already have some ideas about supplemental material that we're going to have, including a watch along, which we'll talk about that later in the next release that we do here. Um, but it needs to be current. We're going to have it week to week, but it's going to be paired with the show to get it out there. So it's going to be quick, but we will get it out there for you so you could enjoy it and hear our opinions about how much we hated or loved it. I'd like to thank you watch the show. We're going to give you a couple days because we're grown-ups. We're in our 30s. Sometimes you can't watch it as soon as it comes out. Some of you will be able to, but either way, you get to watch it. I'm going to re-record that because the fucking truck just passed. Oh, go ahead. This is why you put a fucking background in there. Right. You get to watch it, gather your thoughts, because sometimes for me, I don't really know what I thought about something until the next day. I watch it. I can't really decide if I liked it or if I hated it. I sleep. I wake up. And whatever impression I wake up with is like, I think that's actually what I feel. And if you need to watch it again, you'll probably have time. And then you can come and join us, say, what did Adam Garrett think of that? And we're going to have social medias out there, which we're going to talk about on the next episode as well. So you can engage with us and say, Adam, I think you're totally full of shit. And I'll say, you're probably right. I do need to poop. So... <laughs> In any case, I really hope that this is interactive because the next thing I want to get to, which will probably be the last thing, is hopes and dreams and fears, or land fears, as Garrett uh. put in our agenda here. Yep. It's something where when you have so much invested, because reading, you know, if you've read five of these, nine of these, all 14, it is a significant investment, not just of your time, but you take these characters into your brain. They live there for quite some time, and you really have an idea of what you're expecting to see when it comes to live action. So there's things that we're all hoping and dreaming we get to see. I, the best example I can give you, we both read Game of Thrones mm -hmm. when they started the show. I thought if they can get to Red Wedding and they actually do the Red Wedding, it'll be such an awesome thing for television because it's just this moment that broke everyone's hearts when you read the book, you know? It was so impactful. There's a lot of shit that I hope to see not Red Wedding. <laughs> in Wheel of Time, but when it comes to this first season, I'm going to let Garrett go first as far as hopes, dreams, and maybe fears. My hope is that they don't rush it. Um, that actually also ties into the fears is that they're going to rush it as well. Um, you you gave me the news that uh, <laughs> Rafe, we're going to call it We're going to have a segment called WTF Rafe, yeah. which I'd like to think that, that segment will be kind of like a parody but I'm going to bring legitimate things that I'm upset about and just be way too over the top with it. So if Rafe is listening, this is just me busting your balls a little bit. Okay, that's it. Sure, because we're buds. Uh, no, I, the Adam, you did tell me that in an interview, he said that he's going to make season one of Game of Thrones an amalgamation of books one, two, and three, which that hurts to yeah. hear a lot because there's you know, so much in season in book one there, there really there really is and um you know we'll get into what the trailer does show but the trailer has a lot of big watershed moments from book one i don't know if i saw anything distinctly from three definitely a couple of smatterings from two but that's the problem is that you know jordan wrote these things linearly yes they're long are you going to do a season a, a book a season? No, because you're not gonna you're not gonna make friends out of this. This is gonna be a 14 season show. It's gonna, I think, at best try to try to aim for 10, yeah. uh, maybe go to eight if it it doesn't get canceled in the meantime. Um, but you know, best of luck. But the fact that you're just fast forwarding through so much that this just this just is the fear. There's gonna be so much good enriching content that gets overlooked or just smashed 
together, it's going to be a, a mad parallel. Uh, I hope, I really hope that we get the character development that we get in the books because you really do fall in love with these characters, uh, not romantically, but you, you, I mean, you root for them. Like they are, yeah. they're, they're your friends. They're your, your, your kith and kin. And you see them go from literally self-described country bumpkins into well above their station that they ever dreamed that they would ever have themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I think I think we share a lot of the same hopes and fears. Uh, so for me, my I'm going to break it down. So my hope is that they take their time with it, just like you said, because when you, when you look at other shows that came out and have been successful, they have really decided to take from the source material. Yeah. And the best example I can give you when it comes to anything like this is take any series you've ever read, any book you've ever read, and think, what's better? Is it the book or is it the movie? And everyone that's read the book always says, oh, the book is so much better, and they sound like a pompous asshole. But they're not wrong. And the thing that I was so excited about when I heard this, because when Jordan passed away, immediately the license to make these got bought up. And it was this huge battle. It's a completely different story. And finally someone picked it up, and Amazon said, we're fucking doing this. We're putting a ton of money into it. Is that just let the source material guide you. So when I hear something like, we're going to take seasons or books one, two, and three, and we're going to have parts of that be in season one, it's like, but why? You know, you don't really need to do that. And then you start thinking from an analytical you know, perspective, what could they cut out? There's a lot of stuff in these books. What could go? What could stay? The thing that needs to stay, and this is where my dreams come in, are the characters. The character development is so incredibly important. It's not just the fact that people have magic, there's badass battles, there's amazing creatures, there's amazing artifacts. The world itself is essentially a character. You need to let these characters be who they are because all the interpersonal connections, like when you read those books, if Rand talks to Matt, if Rand talks to Perrin, it's a sign of good writing that characters have a different voice. And the best way I can compare it is if you see a movie and everyone has the same diction and the same cadence and they all just sound like the writer or the director, it is a bit off-putting. And you notice it right away. And if you like that voice, you like that movie. If you don't, you hate it. You just hate it. When you read Wheel of Time, Rand has a different perspective, different motivations. He has a different way of thinking and talking than Perrin does. And they're like very similar characters because they're childhood friends. And they both have a different perspective than Matt does. And he's a different person that's also super similar, you know? And Aguin and Nina Eve are very similar in the way they approach everything in the world when they're moving forward on the large scale of the storyline. But how they think about it and how they react to everything is very different. They're very different personalities because they feel like fully developed characters. My fear is if you fast forward it, you're going to lose that. And Absolutely. that is like watching X-Men when those first came out, when like Marvel movies and superhero movies first got big, like the first X-Men movie, the one of the first things they said is we can't have Gambit. Don't ever put Gambit in the series because we already have Wolverine. What do you need Gambit for? And anyone who's ever read X-Men or watched the cartoon or whatever is like, fuck you. Whoever made that decision, you're an absolute idiot. So seeing the trailer, which we'll talk about later, it, for me, I saw a bunch of characters where I thought they're not in book one. They don't really need to be fast forwarded. And my biggest fear, 100%, is that Rafe or whoever has the power will decide, let's make up new scenes for people. Because you have this built-in audience of people who are already excited to see this content come to life. 
and someone saying, well, I need to put my spin on it or I need to put my touch on this and make a new character or make a new scene or a new conflict or erase how someone else acted and like put in new motivation. That is 100% my biggest fear. It's like you already have such a wonderful source to take from and you don't have to worry about the fact that it's not done like with Game of Thrones. It is done. People loved how this series ended. There's certain things that you can nitpick here and there, but it is this epic fucking journey that you can go on. And if you can just do it justice, that's all you need to do. And people are going to love it. And if you just decide, if you have someone who's too egotistical to say, I'm taking someone else's work and adapting it. And they're saying, I'm taking someone else's work and throwing it out the fucking window and writing my own stuff in their world. That's that's my biggest fear. I don't know much about Rafe Judkins except for the things that he has written for, which have all been fairly successful that I have also liked. So I, I am hopeful that it'll be that way. For those of you who don't know, Rafe Judkins has a, was a screenwriter for the show Chuck, which I absolutely love. Uh, he wrote episodes of uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's written on the Uncharted series if you play video games. Uh, there's just a lot of things that he's been a part of that have been successful, and I'm hoping that that happens. When that first trailer dropped, though, I saw a bunch of stuff where I was just, you know, you look for stuff that you're hoping to see. Like, I want to see what Moraine looks like. I want to see how the power looks. I want to see what the Trollocs or Trollocs look like. Oh, the power, and man. <laughs> when you when you go and start looking at that stuff, if it doesn't match up to what you're thinking, you can be a little off-put. And then if you start seeing things, you're like, that never happened in book one. Who the fuck is that? It really starts to take you in a different path. And so I'm trying to, like, keep myself in a good mindset going into this because mm-hmm. there might be some of that, you know? And I'm not going to go ahead and prejudge everything, no matter how much my head really wants to push the panic button. I'm going to try and say, hey, it's a trailer for people who have never read the books. They know I'm going to watch it. They know they have me by the balls. There's nothing I can do. I have to watch every one of these episodes if it's good or not. They need to show some stuff that make people who have never been exposed to Wheel of Time say, that looks interesting. And... I think they're trying to take some of those strengths that Garrett and I have talked about, especially powerful female characters, because a lot of them that exist in the series aren't prevalent or don't even show up in book one. Mm-hmm. So you see stuff like more of those characters appearing, and we'll, we'll break that down later. Not even a breakdown. We're just going to do trailer impressions. But no. I, that's what I'm trying to tell myself is this is why the trailer did not meet my expectations or fill me with hope. It filled me with anxiety instead. It's like there's a reason trust them. I don't think that they're going to just go ahead and take something that seems to be a surefire hit and wipe their ass with it and just toss it out there like, enjoy it, fuckers. So that's my biggest fear, though. Wipes his ass with his contract. I love I this love guy. I love this guy. <laughs> uh, you can also expect uh, movie quotes from Adam and I uh, on films that we've seen together. Especially 90s and early 2000s. So yes. if, you're, if you're young... A lot of Predator. Go ahead. Yeah, a lot of Predator. The one we just did was Airheads. Go ahead and watch that movie. It's a, it's yep. an incredible movie. Also, is Brendan Fraser. If you're a Brendan Fraser fan, you've never yep. seen it. He's a wonderful human being. Go watch that movie and support him. Okay, uh, I don't want to cut you off with the, or, or run over what you just said there. That was that was beautifully said. We'll talk about the trailer the next time that we get together on this. But uh, but yeah, just to put a button on the whole thing. I'm going into this optimistically. I definitely went into Game of Thrones pessimistically and was happily surprised until really about. Red Wedding, that's when it started going south. And then obviously when the content that Martin produced ran out and then they kind of just started winging it, it turned into a shit show. And I'm really hoping we, that this We've is- really switched places with this one too because like- I know, you know Garrett was cautiously optimistic, uh, or cautiously pessimistic, I would say, yep. for Game of Thrones. And I was really enjoying it up till season six ended. When season six ended, that was probably the best season of television for me. I was like, 
this is fucking great. We finally got the reveal we wanted. We don't know what's happening in season seven. Brand new content. R.R. Martin's still alive, so he can tell everyone what's happening. And by then, Garrett, he had seen the writing on the wall, and he's like, this is not going to go well. So for this one, I think he is a lot more optimistic. I am cautiously pessimistic for sure. Sure, sure, sure. Well, because you've been burned by Game of Thrones, I'm sure, yeah. right? Because uh, like I was very, very very burned by Game of Thrones season seven. So this, this is what I will say. Another mutual friend that Adam and I have and I, we were watching it together and I can't recall which episode it was, but something happened in probably season four or five. And I just, I just stopped there. I was just like, I don't even fucking like this anymore. He's like, no way. This is sick. And I'm like, this is so like the books had been written that we were going through that time. I'm like, this doesn't feel what it's supposed to be. Like this is a different show. I need to divorce myself and my memories from the show. I need to I need to keep the books over here and I need to put the show over here. And he actually was like, oh, if I do that, I actually like the show way better. So I might end up having to do that with Wheel of Time here as well. I just which, don't want them to force me to do it. It's season yeah. one. Like, give me some <laughs> of the good shit first before you're like, all right, let's just go ahead and start killing off characters who existed yeah. and uh, <laughs> just make up someone like Poochie, the rocking dog. We're going to toss Poochie. him in here for some laughs. <laughs> So yeah, all right, we're running way later than I originally anticipated that we were supposed to do this for. Um, but either way, I haven't said this yet. Listener, thank you for being here for the Wheel of Time show about the Wheel of Time show. We're really excited for this. Uh, we're, we're probably not going to just straight up shit on this show, because even if it does suck, we're going to talk about it, and I'm going to try my best. <laughs> I'm going to try... <laughs> I'm going to try my best to not just be tearing it apart left and right as far as I can because I don't want to. I want, I'm rooting for it. I really want it to be, I want it to be awesome. I've been looking forward to something like this for, for 20 years. And you were talking about X-Men. All of us did that. All of us kids that were in the 80s and 90s, we watched the show, we had the comics, we had all the action figures, and we were like, they're doing a movie. And because that movie came out and I was probably like 14, I don't know what when it, when it did, but... We were like, oh, this is awesome. Now we have a new Star Wars coming out. This is awesome. And then you get older and you kind of go, oh, wait a second. Everything loses its luster a little bit the yeah. older you get. and Because your tastes have changed. Yeah. I, what I will say about this show is that I have not been this excited for mm -hmm. anything in a very long time when it comes to entertainment, whether it's video game, movie, television. And I have not been this connected to material being adapted since Game of Thrones. And I am far more connected to Wheel of Time than I was to Game of Thrones. So most of I most of the ire that's going to be drawn for me as this show goes along will be because of that connection. I don't care if I hate this show. If I hate every single episode, I hope it goes for 14 seasons and everyone else loves it. <laughs> I want you to like it even if I hate it. And then at some point I will be able to sit back and say it is different than the books, but I'm so happy we finally got something. And I'm more than happy that it's not being adapted into movies because trying to condense into two hours would be literally impossible but that doesn't stop people from trying to milk a cash cow and I think that they just decided let's do it right. That's really how I felt when they said yeah. it's going to be a series. I was like this is great and then I saw that they were dumping money into it and Oscar winners and Oscar nominees were being attached to it. I thought okay this is everything I've ever hoped and dreamed so I'm trying not to let the anxiety of don't do me dirty override my excitement of <laughs> I can't believe we're getting a Wheel of Time show in two months. In two months I get to see these characters come to life and hear what they're actually fucking called yeah. for the first time ever. <laughs> so I'm so excited for that. My gosh. Alright, Adam, we gotta land this plane, but seriously, now that you said that, our high school 
cast boys are just cre- cream in their jeans <laughs> over the fact that we're doing this right now. One, probably that we're still friends 20 years later. And then two, right. we're like, uh, we're in some sort of space age on a video chat <laughs> recording right. this for a podcast on a <laughs> on phones that have... What's vision. a podcast? What's a, what's a smartphone? Um, but anyway, they are just over the moon that this show is coming out. And hopefully it's going to be done well because if it's not, it still exists out there and we'll be fine. Uh, so anyway, I kind of started it, but either way, listener, thank you so much for being here. Artwork and theme song probably going to change because we're doing this way early and we don't even have those things produced right now. Stick with us. You know, everybody says like and subscribe. What, you have nothing to like on this fucking piece of shit we just put out right now. We're just saying who we are. <laughs> Come here for the content of us when we when we actually break the show down and react to it as it happens. Those, check it out. We'll be in your feeds right after the show releases. Just keep an eye out for it. Um, and thanks thanks so much for your time. You have time to give to anybody, and you're giving it to us by being here. We appreciate that so much more than you can ever possibly imagine. We really do. And if you listen to this and you have thoughts and you're like, I want to share this because they sound like they are fun to talk to or I agree or disagree, uh, and we let you know in this next episode what those social medias are going to be, we're yep. more than happy to have more people to talk to about this and you know bring some of your thoughts into the show when we're going over certain things and say, you know, there was a different perspective I read on Twitter or I saw something posted on Facebook and it changed the way I thought about this episode. I'm super excited to hear what other people have to say and talk to folks who are fans of Wheel of Time. Uh, because I think that's like this is kind of a gathering grounds uh, as far as podcasts go for getting together and talking about it. And I'm super excited. So uh, thank you for listening. Like Garrett said, it means the world that you'd actually spend some time with us. And let's all cross our fingers collectively and hope that this is going to be awesome. Absolutely. Uh, I don't have a sign off thing. Do you? I don't actually come to think of it. So I guess we could just make one up. I will say, for Scaryish, we're like, let's just keep on creeping on. That's just stupid enough to be good for one episode. We've done it for the last 400 episodes we've recorded. So let's make it good. Does it need to be Wheel of Time related? It doesn't have to be. We can be like, see y'all when the wheel comes back around. Oh. Wah, wah. No. We- <laughs> okay, we'll figure it out next time, guys. Uh, thank you. I love you. And uh, eat your vegetables. I love you, too. Bye. <laughs>